Hello, 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 and welcome to the third episode of Freedom Imagined. Yeah, third. Before we get started, that reminds you that we are covered both by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the redistribution and or allows for the reuse and redistribution of podcasts by anyone, everyone except for governments and the bludges thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. We are also protected under Brandenburg v. Ohio 1969, which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is directed to or inciting producing an imminent lawless action. So everything said here is hypothetical. Suck it. And uh, Suck yeah, it. <laughs> fuck you, government. So yes, that <laughs> chack, that c- cackle, chuckle, cackle, whatever. Um, my good friend, Mr. Justin Smalley. How you doing, Justin? What's up, buddy? How you been? It's I'm fucking melting, dude. It's like 105 the other day. It was like 102 yesterday, and oh, it's like God. it's like it's like. It's like ninety-ish today. It's like it's like eighty-eight, eighty-nine, ninety, something like that. But it's still it's still fucking hot. It's still hot. In the house. Global, global warming, man. We gotta give let AOC fucking take control so she can save us. <laughs> no. <voters. laughs> it's we we got we got we got global warming down here in the Bay Area. But like Tahoe had like two hundred percent of snow. Like they like they're 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 gonna be open on Fourth of July for skiing. Fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Amazing, I love it. Oh, so yeah, let's just let's just get into it, man. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? How'd you come to your beliefs? All right, well, uh, so me and Jason have known each other for I don't know how many years, probably eight or nine years by now, something uh, like that. Almost eight, almost seven, eight, yeah. seven and change, almost eight, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Uh, yeah, like, so, so Jason said earlier, my name is Justin Smalley. Um, currently I live in the metro Atlanta area in Georgia. Uh, originally I'm from, uh, San Diego, California. I grew up out there, went to high school in San Diego. Love San Diego, man. Just can't live out there, man. It's fucking wake up, go to bed one night and everything's cool. Wake up the next day and you're a multiple felon just because you own shit that's not allowed. And, you know, allegedly, allegedly, Alle- I'm sorry, allegedly, allegedly own shit that's not allowed. Uh, but yeah, man, um, I don't know, growing up, you know, my, my dad and then, you know, my mom was never really that much into politics and my dad's a fucking boomer neocon, you know how they get. I do. Uh, I've talked to your dad. And, uh, I've, I've been working on him. He's, he's come a little, he's come a long way in, in, in the last <laughs> uh, 15 years or so, but, uh, he's still a boomer neocon. He's still fucking Fox news this. And, you know, did you go out and vote for Trump? I'm like, dude, you know, I don't vote. Come on. Let's fucking, let's stop with all that nonsense. <laughs> but, uh, you know, growing up, growing up uh, when I was a kid, you know, just, you know, your basic red-blooded American kid. I played baseball when I was a kid. You know, we used to have apple pie on 4th of July, you know, cheeseburgers and hot dogs and, you know, fireworks and whatnot and Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and all that oh. shit. We used to do all that when I was a kid, you know. Uh, oh, I joined, my, I joined the- my elementary school, every single Friday, they had a, they had a, uh, we'd all go into the auditorium and all do the Pledge of Allegiance. Wow. And I'm looking back on that now, just going, just cringing. Oh, so so amazing! I love it. So amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I graduated high school, joined the Navy. I was in the Navy 14 years. Um, I was a neocon when I was uh, in my early 20s. Uh, most of my time in the Navy was spent between uh, San Diego, Coronado, and uh, and Ventura County, California. I did spend some time in Little Creek, Virginia, uh, at the very beginning of my career. 
Uh, in 14 years, I only spent five on a ship. The rest of it was uh, spaced out between Naval Special Warfare uh, in a support capacity and in uh, the Naval Construction Force Seabees. I actually loved being a Seabee, man. That shit was awesome. Like, it was, it was, uh, it was some of the best time of my military career was being with the Seabees. But um, I forget when it was. It was, it was right around the Sandy Hook time frame where like i was like dude there's just so much wacky shit going on for one the the whole fucking bin laden thing like the whole reason we even went to the middle east again i mean we've been in the middle east since the fucking late 70s but whatever but the whole reason we went back over there was because of uh, we gotta catch these evil terrorists and they're fucking <laughs> threatening our way of life Co- coincidentally we're, we're recording this on the same day that the u.s just said that iran torpedoed two oil tankers yeah it's, uh, I, I saw something earlier on the news i think they said that uh, it might have been mines that, that was in the uh the straits of hormuz <laughs> or whatever i don't fucking know but hey whatever we gotta do to get john bolton to fucking let us go to war in iran that's all i need like let's do it fuck him you know but uh you know so um you know i was sitting there one day I, I forget where i was if i was deployed or if i got if i'd been back i was in africa for a year between uh october of 10 and some somewhere november of 11 and i got back and i'm just thinking to myself i'm like fuck dude didn't we kill bin laden like two years ago at this time and when i when i was think, thinking this thought i was like didn't we kill bin laden like two years ago like what the fuck are we still doing over there like i got buddies fucking telling me about you know they're still losing their fucking guys from their their units you know in afghanistan and you know, a good buddy of mine that I, I spent a lot of time in the Navy with, he's a real good friend of mine, um, who's who's taken quite a few red pills in his in, in the last couple of years, thankfully. He was an Army EOD, got fucking blown up a couple of times in Iraq. I'm like, what the fuck are we even doing in Iraq to begin with? Saddam gassed the Kurds? What does that got to do with me? I don't give a shit. Like, don't want the Kurds to get gassed, but I don't <coughs> see how that, you know, fucking has anything to do with us, you know. Oh, he's got WMDs. I'm like, well, does he really though? But so either way, I started, you know, thinking a, a little bit like, hey man, this is kind of ridiculous. Like we shouldn't even be over there. And uh, then a, another buddy of mine who is um, a good dude got out of the Navy and became a cop. I was like, fuck. Um, he turned me on to the uh, to the Loose Change series and the Zeitgeist and just like, hey man, like not going to tell you what to think, but just watch this and make your own, you know, make make your own opinions. And I always had a beef with the 9-11 story. I mean, well, and I'll get into, I'll get into it a little bit later in my intro, but uh, I'm currently a fireman uh, out here in Georgia. So it's a little conflict of interest going on with the fact that I'm a pro-stateless society uh, anarchist and I work for an uh, organization that is paid exclusively through tax dollars. I'll get into why uh, I feel like it's less of a conflict of interest than it sounds like, like it is up front in a minute. But so I'm a fireman. And... I work in a department that has significant amount of structure fires, given the fact that nowadays the fire prevention uh, policies, as far as like public education goes, and just the stuff that, that we're trying to do to prevent people's houses from catching on fire is, is, is at an all-time uh, high level of efficiency. Um, but we, we burn a lot in my department. I mean, shit, I had two jobs you know, a couple shifts ago on the same shift two working fires on the same ship, you know, that's not unheard of for us, you know, especially down, down in the part of the County that I work in. But this is even before then, you know, the whole nine 11 story. I mean, I'm over here watching the, the, you know, reading through it and like listening to some of the stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay. Okay. You can, you can convince me. I mean, 
I barely graduated high school. I don't consider myself overly intelligent. I'm definitely not educated. But <laughs> you can convince me that two airplanes crashed into the top one fifteenth of the building, the top one twentieth of the building, in the ninetieth floor. That it's a hundred and three story structure built to withstand airplane collisions. By the way, from what I've read, that built to the, the, built to sustain like a, a 777 or something like that or 787 yeah, something like that right yeah built, built to sustain like the largest aircraft that's ever been ever been <laughs> uh, largest commercial aircraft ever produced uh, crashing into it and nothing's supposed to happen to this thing but whatever so you can you can convince me that uh 19 guys uh, i think 14 of them from saudi arabia our strongest ally in the middle east obviously um that's not who, israel that is who, who did trump just used an executive order to approve to approve sale. building weapons, military military, military service or military Supplies too. Oh yeah, I love it. I mean, he's he's draining the swamp, all right. You gotta fucking give give him some credit <laughs> for what he's been doing. But uh, you know, so plugging up I that mean, hole with with you bump can, stocks and suppressors. Oh, you, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that at some point. Don't get me started. <laughs> fucking, and all the fucking boomers, all the oh, you, you you don't need no bump stock. It's a dumb thing. It's it's a gimmick. You think okay? Well, I don't give a shit if you think I don't need it. It's none of your business. No suppressors. You don't need suppressors. They're only used for committing crimes. Oh, well, you know, there's been very few, if any, other than the Virginia Beach shooting, uh, reported cases of a suppressor used in a commission of a crime. But, hey, you know, that's a good, that's a good um, use. I, I read, cool I read, um, still, still tyranny. I read like 70 times a year or something like that. On 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 average, ATF numbers, uh, suppressors used like 70 times a year. In crimes? Yeah. Really? So se se seven zero, right? And like, but that oh, was that oh, was the first. Me. Yeah, I, I, that was the first it, what? But that that was like the first mass shooting, using. Oh, okay. So, like before so before now, that, it's like it's like mass shooting label on it, and we're good. Yeah, but before that, it's like gangbangers doing drive bys and shit. Well, how do they get it? I mean, unless they're unless they're solvent traps, how are they getting a hold of legitimately manufactured suppressors? I mean. I mean, I know no, 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 no. I didn't say legitimately manufactured. Oh, okay. So it's they're not actual. They, they might be oil, oil traps. Oil, oil traps stolen. Duct tape to the fucking no, stolen like oil, shit. oil yeah, traps okay. stolen, homemade. You Come know, on now, with the, with 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 a with a bottle with a bottle jack and some washers, you can make a suppressor. Yeah, exactly. So either way, that, I mean, that's news to me. I I heard that, or I I'd been looking for. Cases where they'd reported that a suppressor was used in a crime, and I haven't been able to find very many uh, occasions. But seven, 70 years, that's not very many times considering how many people are in this country, but whatever. Anyways, going, to, going, going back to the point um, two airplanes crashed into the 90th, 90th and 93rd floors of, of North, North and South Towers, and then they totally collapsed on their own footprint into their own basement. I mean, there's, there's, Tons of video footage of people that were on the scene that day saying that they heard multiple explosions coming from the basement. They heard multiple explosions coming from the, the middle of the structure. I mean, I've watched video of controlled demolition on casinos out in Vegas. I mean, the shit looks exactly like a controlled demolition, but hey, what do I know? I'm not an engineer. I'm not a physicist and I'm not a fucking architect. So whatever. You can convince me that two airplanes that crashed in the 90th and 93rd floors of 103 story buildings caused them to collapse and on their own foundations and caused very little damage to the surrounding structures. But you're not going to ever convince me, and I mean, I don't care what kind of gymnastics we have to do to fucking get there, but you're not going to convince me that a 50-story structure a block and a half away around the corner that was not hit by anything, that had a fire on one or two floors in the upper, you know, again, the upper floors of the building, 
caused that building to do the same thing. That building just happened to be where they kept tax records and all kind of financial records. And I mean, there's, there's rumors that, you know, and I've read stuff. I don't know how true it is that, uh, the Rothschilds had, uh, uh, leases in some of these buildings mm-hmm. where they broke their leases a, a few months early uh, and paid a hefty price for it too. Cause they broke the lease early. Uh, yeah. there's the guy that has the, the guy that has the insurance policy on the, on the towers, like a month and a half or two months before the, the whole thing went down. He mm-hmm. took out a secondary insurance policy so he could double down on if there was a terrorist attack. Dude, the guy made like $4 billion on just insurance money. It's crazy. Okay, cool. Whatever. Whatever. Um, and then, you know, the, the whatever that was that hit the Pentagon, um, I saw the only video that managed to survive the purge. It looked like it came from a parking structure across the street. And the first five years I was in the Navy, I was a, I was a cruise missile technician. I worked on missiles. And I'm not saying that was a cruise missile, but I'm saying it was not an airplane. So mm-hmm. I don't know what I don't know what hit the, hit the Pentagon, but it was definitely not an airplane. Looked a lot like cruise missile to me, but hey, again, I just worked on it for five years. I don't, you know, I'm no I'm no expert. So then, you know, so I started looking at all that. I'm like, that became the catalyst to go into what we've been. In, I'm not, I'm sure you've been keeping up, but by November of this year, there will be kids dying in Afghanistan and, and maybe Iraq and Syria. Mm-hmm. Who were not uh, alive on the day that this should happen that caused us to go over there in the first place. Yeah, they we, weren't alive to feel the outrage. They weren't alive to feel hurt. Mm-hmm. They weren't alive to want revenge. And they're going to be dying in fucking the Middle East for some shit that they weren't even alive to experience. Yeah, we. Uh, it's crazy. We we actually covered on Anarchy Among Friends a couple episodes ago where the uh, the the military specifically, I think it was the Marine Corps, uh, is what the the article was about, but. Uh, Part of basic training was they had to take like an eight-hour class on 9/11. God, you got uh, fucking because the kids that were the kids that were incoming were in diapers or weren't weren't born they, yet. They weren't, old enough, they weren't old enough to know what actually happened. They weren't old enough to remember it. So they had, you have to get indoctrinated. Nope. If, if yep. you go overseas and kill people, you got to have a good reason for it. And the only way to give them a good reason is to indoctrinate them into into that reason. Yes. So hey, g- hey, good on the Marine Corps for fucking making sure that they they cover all those bases. I, I got to give them credit. <laughs> but. You know, so this is back in 2011-ish, then 2012, and you know, I was I watched the I watched the Alex Jones podcast, the Alex Jones Joe Rogan podcast, um, with a with a lady friend of mine uh, a few weeks back. It's fucking mind blowing, dude. Alex Jones is a kook, but he is a fucking kook that knows shit, and he's, it's crazy because he'll, he he'll say some wild outlandish shit, mm-hmm. and you'll be like, oh, he's just a fucking kook. Like whatever no, he's, 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 he's a lot like vermin supreme. You have to, you really have to read between the lines and have to get past the character. And yeah, then there, well, there is, there is truth there. The crazy, the crazy thing is, is, is that like most of the shit that he says comes true, like, like several years down the road. And you're just mm-hmm. like, and nobody remembers, nobody remembers that he said that. Like they, they write him off as being a kook. And then a few years later, the shit that he said happens or, or, or comes out that it has been happening the whole time. Most of it is is shit that's, that's been happening the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it just happens that he said it at a time when nobody would believe it. And then a few years later, you're like, holy fuck, if you paid attention and if you actually listen to the guy, yeah, he, he, he's a nutcase in the way that he, I mean, the way his character is. I don't know if that's how he is in real life. I mean, I got to assume most of his stuff is, is, is for show. I hope, I hope he's not like that. In I real hope life. so. I hope so. Right. I hope not. <laughs> but you're, like, you're like, holy shit, dude. He, the dude was fucking right the whole time. Like out of control. Crazy. It's crazy that he's, that he was right. Like you can't believe it. But so, 
he was talking the very beginning of the Joe Rogan episode. He was talking about how he had to retract his statements on Sandy Hook. How originally he was like, nah, this shit didn't happen. It was it was a hoax. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Then he started getting death threats and people were showing up to his house with guns and shit and you know. And he and he did some more digging, I guess, and he, I guess he found out some of the stuff that people were sending him was was either inaccurate or just plain out false. And mm-hmm. so he's kind of changed his tune on. It. He's like, yeah, I believe it happened. Now I'm like, you know, stop sending people to my house. Stop sending me hate mail and death threats. I, I'm, I'm sorry for what I said. I, I'm not sure. I don't. I still don't believe that it happened. That's just me. You know, I, I don't yeah. have the resources the guy does. I don't have the time the guy does to to do the research and shit. But from everything that I've seen and the time that it happened, there's just too much shit coincidence. Too much coincidental shit to happen. And it's continuing to happen surrounding that incident. And it's just like, it's, it's, things that have never a, happened. It's a lot like the Las Vegas shooting in that respect. Exactly. Things that have never happened before in in the investigative side of, of, mm-hmm. of a major crime like that. Like shit like, you know, they didn't they didn't bulldoze Columbine after all those kids got killed and, and then literally bury it with fucking dirt. They did that to Sandy Hook, though. They'd, they'd knock that fucking school down and bury it. Quick. Gone. Quick, Quick too. too. Quick too. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, and I may be mistaken, but from, I, I, I did a little bit of looking. I didn't look that hard. You can't see, you can't find any of the autopsies of any of those victims either, not even the adult victims. And the reason why that I read was, well, it's just too traumatic to have autopsy reports for all these little kids. But kids get killed, you know, in Chicago every day and they get autopsies done. Kids get killed all the time in, in drive-bys and, mm-hmm. you know, catching stray bullets and, you know, just psycho parents that, yeah. can, you know, so. but so. <laughs> So one of the things that really got me thinking about like, hey, man, this Operation Northwoods thing that's not no longer classified. They don't even deny it anymore. It's out in the open. You can go look, look it up yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, Operation Northwoods is basically the government's plan or was the government's plan during the 60s and 70s to, to stage false flag attacks for the simple purpose of affecting public opinion for unpopular foreign policy. Uh, yeah, Operation Northwood spe- specifically, one of the ones was to fly an airplane over Cuban airspace and shoot it down with a U.S. fighter jet, like a, an empty plane is what, what the yeah yeah they what, wanted what to send the plan said. Yeah. They wanted to send, it, send it a, a, remotely piled, a remotely piloted plane over Cuba and then shoot it down and then bring yep. it to Cuba so they could evade Cuba, so they could get, get Castro. Another one yep. was uh, they wanted to use um, some kind of a, either a truck bomb or maybe a plane to crash into the American embassy in Honduras. Mm-hmm. Like and this is not even classified. Like you can just go look it up, and it's like they don't even deny it. They're like, yeah, we, we we were planning on doing that, and it got shut down. It got shut down, right? Shut down. They pulled the plug on it, right? Yeah, okay, wink, wink. You know, so like, you know, Operation Mockingbird, same thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's not even classified. You can go look it up. That's the government's plan and the operation specifically intent to take control of the news media. And use the news media as a government propaganda outlet. It's not oh, that would, that would never happen. <laughs> that would never happen in a free yeah. society, right? Exactly. You know, Laps, so, and build started, group. Yeah, the builder. Yeah, exactly. The Georgia Stones, which are like 40 miles from where I live. <laughs> you know, fucking, I, I should probably get down there one of these days and go check them out. I mean, apparently you can just drive up there and like read them and shit. You know, but so all that stuff was going on. And for me, like the big put, the big thing that really, that really started making me go, huh. That's wild, dude, is was during the 2012, uh, the lead up to the 2012 general election, Obama's second term. Prior to June of 2012, gun control, which in which, in my opinion, is the last domino. When gun, if, if gun mm-hmm. control like they have in, in, in the UK or Australia or anything like that ever gets enacted and it's and it's they effectively 
re- receive buybacks or turn-ins or, you know, it'll never be a house to house. Anybody who thinks the boogaloo is going down in the next 10 years is sadly mistaken. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So that, but the gun controls the last domino. Once that domino falls, it's the gates are open and there's, there's no shut. So, you know, Build your fucking illegal SBRs. Yeah, we can we can go we could go into the like we can we can do like a, a two hour thing on just oh, yeah. that like going into red flag and and all that. Yeah, but we're not. That's for yeah, that's yeah, for another that, podcast. That's for another another podcast for another day. Got it. Um, but so leading up to the 2012 general election, gun control was not a very big campaign issue for the Obama reelection campaign. We hardly heard anything about it. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden. A PhD student with forty-four thousand dollars worth of student loan debt, somehow, no training, no experience, no no physical background in in weapons or tactics or, or any of that shit, somehow manages to come across like ten thousand rounds of ammo, fucking a dozen fucking you know AR AK platformed assault weapons, you know air quote assault weapons, and he booby trapped his apartment, and it took fucking Aurora PD EOD three fucking days to get into this guy's apartment without blowing themselves up. Again, <laughs> I'm not saying that he's a, if he's a PhD student, he's probably a pretty smart fucking guy, right? So I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility that this dude was able to do all that shit. It just smells really, really funny. So James Holmes, who, if you see those pictures of him in the courtroom with his red hair and that look on his face, just screams MK Ultra like I've never fucking seen before in my life. Like, you, ever, you, ever see, you ever see side-by-side pictures of him and Ted Kaczynski? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it screams MK, MK Ultra, and Ted Kaczynski. I mean, you could say that he was just a fucking kook off his meds, or you can say that he was a fucking plant. I don't know, man. I mean, that was a little bit before my time, but I've seen the pictures of, of him. They put him. I've seen memes and shit, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, dude, like if if anybody screams mind control, fucking, you know, false flag, it's those guys. Yeah, uh, Adam Lanza. That was the other one too. The 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 oh, new yeah. town new town shooter. Yeah, he he looks fucking off the wall, and he looks a lot like uh, that David Hogg kid too. Surprisingly, it's mm-hmm. weird. Um, you know, crisis actors and whatnot. But uh, so the the Aurora shooting happens. They take James Holmes alive. You know, he killed twelve people, or whatever, in that in that uh, movie theater. The next fucking day, gun control was a major campaign issue. Like it's like top. Uh, it's right right underneath the Affordable Care Act. Like it's like universal health care and guns. Those two things got to happen. And I'm like, wow, that was quick. And then, okay, so, of course, o- Obama gets reelected because the fucking the GOP put a, just an awful, awful candidate up against him. Romney, yeah. Yeah, the, the guy's a fucking, like, I, I don't know how he won the fucking primary, but whatever. Well, you, you, uh, saw, you saw what the, the, the RNC did to Ron Paul that year. Yeah, yeah, and I was right, with, was with, the, with, at the time. With, with the was, delegates and, and the, the lady putting the, the clipboard in, in front of the mic and, yeah, basically they basically Joe, they they basically Bernie Sanders' ass from uh, last, um, two years yeah. ago. Yeah, so they basically exactly did, did to him did, what, yeah. what Hillary did to Bernie, except for nobody got nobody got suicided after that. <laughs> you know, so fucking <clears throat> the Aurora thing happens, and I was I was already starting to get, really get turned on by Ron Paul at that point. Like I wasn't really a big Ron Paul guy in 08 because I didn't know enough about him. I was still on my neocon trip. I was still. Yeah, happy to pay, ha- happy to be in the Middle East so I could afford uh, uh, only putting two dollars a gallon of gas in my truck instead of fucking six dollars a gallon. Mm-hmm. You know, my truck doesn't run on hopes and dreams, man. It, it, it runs on gasoline, and gasoline comes from the Middle East, so I need to fucking get that shit. You know, at that time, that was my, that was still my mindset. You know, but I, by 2012, I was already kind of, you know, like turned off by the whole military-industrial complex, and 
you know, I was, you know, starting to dig on Ron Paul. I was like, man, this guy's got his shit together. He's fucking, he's a smart dude. I like what he's talking about. Yeah, he got, he got more, he got more um, donations from people in the military than the rest of the candidates combined. And, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with if you stay in the service long enough, you start to get kind of jaded about the, the whole, like, you know, you, you keep on reading reports about guys that you, guys that you know, that got killed or like, yeah. I'm not really saying they're, they're, they were good friends of mine, but I'm like, Oh, I knew that guy. He's fucking dead. That sucks. You know? And it's like, dude, why are we still doing this, man? Fuck. Where did, how did my freedoms get so far away from America that I have to come over here and, and you know, and then you, you talk to somebody, you know, I talk to somebody like you about it and you're like, and you pose a question, you're like, Hey, well flip, flip the roles around. What if it, what if you're at home in, in fucking Georgia or California somewhere, minding your own fucking business, trying to make a living, trying to just survive until the next day. And a bunch of dudes from overseas came over there and started blowing up your fucking neighborhood and tearing your fucking neighbors out of their houses and shit. And, you know, they were occupying you. What would you do? I'm like, I'd fucking fight them. Like, so I can't really blame the, you know, the, the people in Iraq and Afghanistan for not wanting us over there. We don't belong there. Mm -hmm. So all that started getting in my head. I'm like, dude, what are we doing? This is, this is so fucking, this is so bogus. You know, and then the 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 James Holmes shooting, the Aurora shooting, and then Obama's all of a sudden gun controls the number, the number two campaign issue, and of course Obama gets reelected, and it was wasn't even the the, the fucking inauguration or what would have I don't know if I, do, do sitting presidents that get reelected get reinaugurated or they just keep on moving on like I, one of the few I, things I, about I, civics I, I'm not familiar yeah, with. Yeah, I think it's an inauguration because they have to do the oath all over and again. It's okay, all, it's so, all so, the, dog, the whole dog and pony show. Yeah, the re-election, the re-election, he gets re-elected. This, before the inauguration, before the guy's officially back in office, after the end of his first term, some fucking nerd from Connecticut, or from where, I, think, I think maybe he was from New Jersey or something, he drove into Connecticut, like he crossed the state line or something. Like, he kills his mom, steals a rifle, even though the initial police report said that no rifle uh, case yeah, was they found. Said, uh, yeah, they, they said it was a shotgun initially. Yeah, and I, I think I read that uh, handgun casings was 45 caliber handgun casings too, but initially there was no reports of any kind of rifle being used whatsoever, but all of a sudden it's now it's an AR-15, so okay, cool, we've got to get rid of these evil black rifles. But the Sandy Hook shooting happens um, over six weeks almost before the inauguration. Something like that, like, now, like December 12th or something like that, yeah. It was December 12th, the inauguration is usually on January 20th or 21st or whatever. Yeah. 20. All right, so like five, six weeks before the inauguration, this dude, you know, suppose allegedly, you know, I still don't necessarily believe that it actually happened. I think that it was, I think that it was used specifically for the, the point of, you know, whether it was a drill that was then turned around and called a live yeah, event yeah, yeah. or whether, whether it was totally fabricated and just put online and they just took, you know, they just took random video footage of, of kids walking around in, in a line with their hands on the shoulders or whatever. I don't know. But San Diego happens and then boom. Gun control is no longer just a major campaign issue. It's the only campaign issue. We got to get that shit done before April. I got a pen and a phone. We'll make it happen. And yeah. I was on the phone with a guy uh, with a guy in New Mexico the day after, saying, "Hey man, do they got any fucking ARs out there that that are you know on the market?" He's like, "Dude, everything's dry. Everything. Six months back order everything. Mm -hmm. You can't get a fucking lower. You can't get a strip lower. You can't get a fully assembled rifle anywhere." And anyone that's got one ain't selling it. And I was like, fuck me. So, I mean, <laughs> I went out and did what I had to do uh, with uh, uh, CNC machines and, and paperweights and whatnot, whatever they call it. They call these 80% paperweights. 
Yeah. I made myself a little. I made myself a little Christmas present. The eighty percent lowers. Yeah. yeah. So at least now I have I have I have one more that I can put in a hole in the ground if, if the time comes. But so now here we are, and now I'm really fucking kind of like wow, this is some wild shit going on. Operation Mockingbird. Or I'm sorry, Operation Northwoods is in full effect. Or they're doing it, and so. You know, at that point, I was pretty much over it. Uh, some other things happened um, just with my time in the service, and and I kind of got uh, I kind of got screwed on orders. You know, I was up for I was up for promotion to chief, and had I had I been up for promotion the year before, when the quotas were still good, I'd have made it, and I probably would have stayed in. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I probably would have stayed in and retired. But when I didn't pick up chief, and then I was up for orders, and I wanted to go back to my CV battalions, and I wanted to go back to California, go back to my battalions, like nah, dog. You're going to Norfolk, Virginia. You're going back to a ship. I said, fuck, I am. That ain't <laughs> happening, dude. I ain't, I, ain't no, I ain't no fucking Bobby boot camp that's been in the fucking Navy six, six fucking months. I, I got 12 years of service in, man. I, I think it's about time I get to pick and choose where I get to go. And like, sorry, dude. Chief of Naval uh, Personnel saying that, you know, your, your rate is gunner's mates are undermanned at sea, you know, 70% manned at sea. You need to go out to sea, dog. I was like, well, you can go ahead and fucking put my paperwork in for, for, term, for a separation. I'm getting out. And good God, you would think that I fucking killed somebody, man. They were distinct that I, that, that made my master chief, and and at the time I was still I was still overseas, so I had a sergeant major, also an army uh, sergeant major. They were raising hell with their with their colonels and captains, and they even called the general, and the general like tried to call over to fucking Millington, and like there was this two week long thing where they were trying to you know get get me the orders that I wanted that you know not only was I qualified for, but they had an opening for me to fill. And the four star over in Millington was like, nah, dog, he going to he going to Virginia. And so I was like, fuck it. Process my process my separation. I'm getting out. You know, so I had two more years left on my contract after that. So I finished up my my, my two years and I got out. After that, I I, I, I hung around in uh, California for a few months and I was working for a guy out in California doing some uh security work and doing some uh some training for some of his security guys on ranges and running ranges and shit. And I was having a great time doing it, but the work was a little bit too, too few and far between uh, on jobs and man, that rent money out there. Oh, it's, it's no first. joke. It's no joke down oh, there. Oh, I know. Especially in, especially in Camarillo, California, rent was like 1800 bucks a month for a one bedroom. You know, I was like, I just don't got it. I don't got the, I don't got the coin. And so, and then one day, that coupled with something that happened, I was on the range one day, and the uh, and one of the assistant district attorneys of Ventura County, uh, yeah, Ventura County, uh, was out there shooting with us. Good guy, um, you know, I'm not going to drop his name or anything, but good dude. As far as DAs go, I guess. I mean, <laughs> so we're out there shooting, and uh, you know, I kind of like casually, I'm talking to him. I'm like, hey man, uh, I got a question for you, man, and I don't know really how to ask you. He's like, just ask it then. I was like, well, check it out, dude. Like, so I had an exemption from the California DOJ for my assault weapons possession, like for all the shit that I own being mm -hmm. active duty. They, if you're active duty on orders, it's like, you don't have a choice. You have to go there. Right. So if I'm on active duty on orders and I'm in California on orders, then because I'm required to be there and don't have any choice in the matter, the California DOJ gives you an exemption saying, Hey, if, if you own some shit, that's illegal for the rest of everybody else to own while you're on orders, you're exempt from those, from those laws. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I go up and ask this guy, I say, hey, man, uh, I'm not under the exemption anymore. Now, what would happen if I got pulled over out here coming out to one of these jobs working for working for my boss? You know, what would happen if I got pulled over and they got froggy and wanted to search my shit? You know, he's like, well, if it pops up here in Ventura County, 
for one, in the area that I was working with, the, the crews that I was working with, they would—I know all those guys. They would—they wouldn't even, you know, they'd pull me over like, "Hey, what's up? What's up, Justin?" I'm like, "Hey, what's you know, Jeff?" And they'd be like, "Hey, man, just you drive slower next time for us, yeah." I'm like, "Yeah, my my bad, dog," and that'd be it. <laughs> he's like, "But he's like anywhere else in, in the county, you get pulled over. The second that shit hits my desk, it's going in the trash can. Like I'm fucking throwing it in the trash. Like you, you ain't got nothing to worry about here because I know you. I know you're a good dude. You know, I know you're not gonna fucking do anything stupid." And I was like, "All right, well, well, I appreciate that, but you know." My uh, my wife and I, you know, we're thinking about moving back down to San Diego. And he's like, well, in that case, I would not move back down to San Diego if that's what you're worried about. Because <laughs> as soon as you leave the county, man, you go down to L.A. County, Orange County or San Diego County. Oh, I can't, yeah. There's not much I can do for you other than make a phone call and hope the guy is going to give me some professional courtesy. If you got a stick up his ass and it's got a hard on for you, then, then I don't there ain't nothing I can do for you. I said, well, fuck. Because yeah, I was looking at like hundreds of years worth of felonies based off of what each individual item would, would be in a maximum sentence. So that was like the straw right there. I was like, I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, and that's so, like and that's like what five, seven years ago. Yeah, this is back in 2012, right? Yeah, that's that's before that's before the new AWB. Yeah. So 2000 end of 2013, I ended up separating from service. Uh and um you know, there was some legal stuff going on with my wife and we ended up getting divorced. Uh, she, she ended up uh, catching a felony over some, some unrelated shit. Something that had to do with her first husband. I, I still firmly to this day believe she wasn't involved. You know, she was, she's a really sweet woman. She's just not the criminal mastermind that could be, you know, for yeah. what she was, what she was charged with. I was like, she's just not, she doesn't have the capacity to pull that kind of shit off. It was all fraud, white collar shit. It wasn't anything like fucking holding up liquor stores. Yeah. Well, she ended up copping a plea and, and got eight eight months, uh, four con, four to con, confined to uh, Chino Women's Correctional Facility in Chino, California, and then she did the other four months on house arrest out at my mama's house here in Georgia, and then they deported her ass because she's a she's an Australian citizen. So mm-hmm. she they deported her and she took my kids with her, which you know at the time I had just moved out from California, and I didn't have any career propositions. I was just getting out of California. I moved back out to right. I say back out. I moved out to Georgia where my parents were living. And I was like, I'll just I'll, I'll start working on getting some some work when I get out here. So I had a little bit of money saved up when I got out and I moved out uh, out from California to Georgia. And, you know, a lot of stress on my relationship with my ex-wife. And, and when they finally deported her, it was like one of those things like, well, this is kind of the end, I guess. You know, like this is it. And at the time, me and her were talking. I said, look, I just got a job working as a bouncer at a fucking biker bar in, in Grayson, Georgia making nine bucks an hour, you know, three or four days a week. I'm still looking for other work, but as of right now, I don't see how I can take care of two kids on my own. And, you know, I'm not going to the state for fucking help. I'm not going to go to the state and and ask for fucking money. You know, so uh, I think it's probably better off for them if they go home with you because she's got a a very big network, family network out in Australia. She's got a bunch of uh, brothers and sisters, and they're all married and have kids, and she's got cousins and you know, her parents are both out. I mean, she's got a large family network. I only got my, my folks and my sister. That's it. You know? Yeah. So, so it was better off for them. And uh, I still, <laughs> I feel that that was still the right decision. I mean, I'm, I'm, it sucks that I don't, I don't get to see them nearly as often as I'd like to, but it is yeah, what it is. So, and this, this all contributed. Basically, the FBI broke my family up and took my wife and kids and sent them over back to Australia. The government, that I worked for wouldn't help me out. I went to Navy legal. I was like, Hey, my wife is facing felony charges and I can't afford a lawyer. Can y'all do something about this? Like, nah, dog can't do nothing about it. 
And I'm like, you know, so if you break it down to the brass tacks, my boss's 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 boss, the president of the United States, had one of his guys, the attorney general, have one of his guys, the FBI director, whoever that was at the time, put an indictment on my on my ex-wife for some shit that happened well before I ever met her. And then now my boss's boss, the chief of naval operations, won't let me use a Navy lawyer to try to fucking fight the case. Because they're all in the same gang. You know, the, the yeah. two 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 different houses in the same in the same gang. You know, so they're they're not gonna help me fight their fight themselves. So that that was just another and then not getting my orders was like, well, that's that was one of the big reasons why I got in the military, but I was already pretty much over it at that point. You know, I was like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna how I'm gonna suck up six more years of this shit. Especially if they send me overseas again. Fuck that. And, uh, you know, so at that point, I was pretty much well and done with it. And then I got, I, I hooked up with you. I think I probably hooked up with you before that on the Wolf page. And yeah, right uh, before before Sandy Hook. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was just before Sandy Hook. Because I remember, and, I remember uh, you and I conversing about you leaving the Navy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were still um, in Cali. And then you know, just since then, it's been a long steady path towards voluntarism and uh, anarchism. And I started doing a lot of reading. I started, you know, and just the shit that I was reading, I was like, dude, that makes sense. It just makes sense. You know, like, you know, non-aggression principle, man. Like, hey, don't fuck with people or, or take their shit. It's pretty straightforward. And like, uh, you'll talk to folks, and, and especially in the, in the community and you know, some people believe that uh, morality is subjective because, you know, what you might think is wrong, I might not think is wrong. And, I'm, you know, I'm inclined to agree to some extent that it's subjective, but we have a very good template for whatever we can have that would make it as close to being objective as possible, the non-aggression principle. You know, and if you get even deeper into it, the protection of negative property rights, which I'm sure we'll talk about some one of the other uh, seg segments on this, but negative property rights and... You know, it's pretty straightforward. Like, I don't have to have religious morality to know that I don't want to have somebody assault me and take my shit. Like, you're not supposed to <laughs> steal and you're not supposed to kill. That's in the Ten Commandments and a lot of the other Abrahamic monotheistic religions have those uh, tenets also. But I don't need religion to tell me that it's wrong to hurt somebody and take their shit because I don't want someone to hurt me and take my shit. So if I don't want them to do it to me, then I definitely don't want to do it to them. You know? Yeah. But it all boiled down to... It all boiled down to... One day I woke up and I said, you know what? It's not the best system we have. That's what everybody says. It's the cop out everybody has. It's the best system. No, it's not. It's not the best system we have. <laughs> it's actually one of the worst systems we have. Fuck, people were better off back in the, in the Middle Ages with kings and lords and shit. Because in, under feudalism, the lords own all that property and they want to make sure it's maintained to the highest standard possible. So it, it, it behooves them to make sure that people work in their land are taken care of. To the most, for the most part. Now, of course, you had your exceptions, but you know, it's just democracy is, it, you know, Hans from Hobb, democracy, the god that failed. Like democracy is absolute shit. It's it's That's one okay. of the worst fucking systems of organ, organizing society I've ever heard about. After you break it down to what it actually is, you know, you take some of the dumbest, most uh, immoral people in the world, you give them an equal vote, and then when a majority of those people who are dumb and immoral want something to happen, it forces it on everybody else. What is it? It's uh, two, two, two wolves and a lamb uh, voting, voting about on what's for dinner. dinner. Yeah. Yep. Two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Guess what's, Guess who's getting fucked? It's not the wolves. No. You know? 
So, you know, so it, it, it all boiled down. It, the, the, the transformation started sometime in around 2009 or 10. And then I was pretty much full on uh, brutalist in 2014, 13, 14, mm-hmm. you know, picking fights on the internet like an asshole. Yep. You know, calling people status. Yeah, calling people status, you know. And then, you know, talking with you more and talking with a, a couple other folks that, that we know, um, I realized that that's, what, you, you know, you get more flies with honey, you know, than vinegar. So beating people over the head with anarchism is not going to get the job done. You got to fucking walk them into it. And so yeah. I've done my best. And, you know, you'll, you'll also hear people online. They'll say, oh, if all you do is bitch on the Internet, you're not really making a difference. Bull fucking shit. <laughs> slacktivism, internet slacktivism has it has gotten more more people that I know turned on to you know to voluntarism, anarchism, and and variations of that than any other than any protest I've ever seen on TV that, or that I've ever thought about going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go to, we can go to fucking make signs and march in the street down down with the state down with the state, and you know it's it's not going to get the the reach that you can get when you got a page that's got sixty seventy thousand people on it and a million million post share, you know, average. So, yeah, no, the Internet, it, the, thankfully, the unintended consequence, because I know that the government fucking hates the fact that you can just say whatever you want on the Internet without fucking having your shit shut down. And they're trying. They're, they're trying. trying. They're trying. Like the, the, the government's tied into, you know, YouTube and Google and Facebook oh, yeah. and all that stuff. So I mean, they, they do they do the shut down people. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, so. I'm having a really fun time with Trump. Like I'm having a good, I'm having a good fucking time with Trump. I'm for the record, and I know there's only probably like two people watching this right now, but whatever. And I, but I say it all the time on my on my page. I say for the record, I am not a Trump guy. I didn't vote for Trump. I'm not going to vote for him when he gets uh, when he goes up for re-election. But everybody seems to forget that he's been a fucking New York Democrat for the last 60 years, and all of a sudden when it became fucking cool and counterculture to run as a Republican, he decided to do it, and boom, got the job. And <laughs> and and won the won the most rigged election in history the, the 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 most winnable election in history Hillary Clinton couldn't even pull it off but I've been having so much fun with Trump because and it was something that Joe Rogan said on his podcast with Alex Jones he says sometimes he does some shit that's good as as good as it can be for somebody who's the president which is a position I don't believe should yeah, exist to all, begin with all all presidents have things that they do that. Is good. Like I, I agreed with I agreed with Obama on a few things. I agree with Trump on a few things. I agreed with Bush exactly. on a few things. I agree with mean, Trump. You know, Trump like the when, Obama, when Obama lifted the, the the sanctions on Iran, I was like, "Fucking good job, dude! Mm-hmm. Way to fucking let the market decide." You know, when when Obama lifted the travel ban and the and the embargoes on on Cuba, I was like, "Hey, good good on you, man! Mm-hmm. Let people fucking uh, decide who they want to interact with." You know, Trump wants to um. Trump wants to make a, a the criminal the, he wants to decriminalize homosexuality throughout the world. I'm like, how can you be against that? And you'll have these people that are like it's just a fucking you know he's just doing it for 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 because it looks good and he doesn't actually believe that shit. I'm like, who cares what he believes if he gets it done? I mean, fuck, I'm I'm happy that it's done. I don't care if he actually likes it. Yeah, you Trump know, but, Trump is a populist man. He just wants to be he just wants to be he's like a populist. Exactly, he's a populist. Um, <laughs> But like I said, I've been having so much fun with them because in my experience, conservatives and Republicans are easier to turn than liberals are mm-hmm. because they, they at least pretend to still care about small government and, and individual freedom on some level. Yeah. Whereas the leftists don't give a fuck. They, they don't want any of that. I, I, the I believe that, that government that most, to have everything. That most, most leftists are more 
uh, emotionally attached and emotionally biased. Right. They they don't they don't actually listen to what's happening and, and think for themselves. They they who whose feelings got hurt or yeah you know why why do you hate the poor so much? I'm like I don't fucking hate the poor, but you know what the easiest way to keep them from being poor is is to stop holding them underneath with the oppression of economics by making them even more poor than they already are. Like yep. We should just you know, give AOC her raise. I'm sorry, it's, it's not a it's it's a cost of living increase. We should just give AOC her cost of living increase. And this then, woman, this and woman then, was and then, wearing four thousand dollars worth of clothes and fucking talking about capitalism failed. I'm like, are you crazy? My favorite part. Like my favorite AOC. part is that she said that the uh, the forty five hundred dollar cost of living increase will deter politicians from taking black money when. OpenSecrets.org says that the law, the 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 legal lobbyists spend like f- like five hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I'm sure all that money, I'm sure all that money is going to campaigns and not in the people's pockets. Oh, totally not. Yeah, that that forty five hundred dollars will totally keep people from keep politicians from taking that money. Career politicians who haven't had an honest job in their lives are, are multimillionaires on a Bernie of Sanders. Bernie Sanders has never had a job that was not never had a job in his life. His entire life, he's been nothing but a politician. He's a he's a millionaire with three homes, yep. and that's on a hundred and seventy or one hundred forty-seven thousand dollars a year. One hundred seventy-four. One seventy-four thousand dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these people are some of these people are worth hundreds of millions of dollars on one hundred seventy-four thousand dollars a year. If you can explain to me how that happens without them being totally fucking corrupt, then I'd like to know how it happens because I want to get in on that action. You yeah. Know? Well, they, they say they say that uh, by the time Ob- Obama dies, he will he will be worth a billion dollars. I don't doubt that, not at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, a couple of the other things that helped me get into the you know to really cement my my ideology and my beliefs is in, I mean, like I said, thank God for the internet. Thank God for the internet, man. Because with 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 just the amount of shit posting that happens and trolls and just all that you get some good stuff out of it. So like the, like the whole red pill, blue pill thing, you know, that's, that's a, that's a commonly used term nowadays in, in the political world, especially in the, in the internet world, somebody who's red pill has been woken up and kind of sees the mm-hmm. past the veil and somebody who's blue pill is still asleep and, and, and still sees things, takes things as they see them. You know, I came from a fucking movie, man, the matrix. One of my favorite movies, by the way, and I'm a huge Keanu Reeves fan, by the way. I love the guy. He's awesome. You know, <laughs> but it's like that movie is is no bullshit. A basically a script that had the the, the facade of entertainment to push anarchism. I love it because that's all that they're, they're fighting. They even call the guys agents. They're called agents. <laughs> <laughs> it, it represents the state perfectly. This all powerful, all knowing, all seeing. You know hive-minded collective and then yeah. you got these these freedom fighters over here fucking wrecking wrecking shit for them and and you take the red pill and you wake up right so you know i started getting red pilled probably like i said it was uh, 2010 11 and then when i started getting hooking up with you in 12 um i watched a really good documentary with my dad on on youtube called uh every uh, uh jfk to 9 11 everything's a rich man's trick mm-hmm. that's a good one now it does have a decidedly socialist overtone that where the narrator basically you can feel that he that he's uh supports socialism in 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 theoretical uh terms i don't know about in practical terms because in my opinion rich people aren't aren't the enemy nope just because somebody has a lot of money doesn't mean they're the enemy so you know 
it's what people do with that money and what people then use that money to, to do to other people that makes them the, the enemy. Right. So, um, and then, I mean, I, you know, I watched, uh, you know, stuff about the federal reserve, you know, Jekyll Island and the, and they, they signed, they signed the federal reserve act on Christmas Eve with like 12 fucking senators showed up and like nobody else was everybody's everybody's home for Christmas. And these guys snuck down to Jekyll Island, Georgia on a fucking private, uh, private uh, ferry where the manifest was hidden. So they didn't know what was going on. You know, Woodrow Wilson is probably the biggest piece of shit that's ever fucking sat in the office. I mean, it's a toss up between him and, and Lincoln and FDR, but I mean, all three of those guys were big, were big government, big bank, you know, mm-hmm. uh, central banking guys. And, you know, we, we come off the gold standard. And now all you have is a fiat system in which it's monopoly money. And even if you play monopoly, it says in the rules, it says, what happens if you run out of money? Yeah. Well, just take pieces of paper and write a number on it and, and yep. keep using that until you get more money back in the bank. Like, yeah, we don't even have money. It says Federal Reserve note on it. Yeah. I mean, well, it's doesn't say you have currency. The only thing that. The only thing that makes it valuable is is the is the hope and faith in the in the government that they'll support your investment if you if you take their notes and use it as a legal tender for all that's public and private. The only thing that makes it worth that is that if I take twenty bucks down to the grocery store, the person I'm giving that twenty bucks to believes it's twenty bucks. Yeah, you know, that's it. <laughs> it's, I'll, I'll always that's crack. It. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing else. I mean. The, the the paper and the ink they use to make the money are worth more than the money that they make that they make out of it. It's crazy. Yep. I always crack so, up when I see articles about uh counterfeit counterfeit money being turned in or someone being arrested like, for hey, counterfeit money. You wanna go you wanna go bust some counterfeiters, I, I can tell you where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> you can go there's a whole bunch of them down there. You can go get them right now. <laughs> so yeah, um counterfeiting. Yeah, so so what now we've got what 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 would your utopia look like like if, if you had if you had like your beliefs and and you had your 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 smiley smiley universe your justin universe just justin land whatever you want to call it what what would that look like what would your daily life be like what how how do you see yourself living in your utopia all right so if i could like thanos snap the fucking world into existence like like uh with the gauntlet and shit um the anarcho I mean, gauntlet yeah, the, I got all the I got all the anarchy stones, and we're gonna fucking snap it into existence. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, dude, th- that's the crazy thing about utopias is that they're, they're just again to reference the matrix, they're they're unrealistic. So, what my utopia would be would be fairly sim- similar to what we do now. Like, this is the thing most people don't get about anarchy is you you deal in anarchist transactions interactions mm-hmm. all day every day. You just don't know it. Yep. You just don't know it because no one's came out and said, "Hey, you know that that didn't have that didn't require any regulation whatsoever." Good, good, good example. And I and I don't mean to, I don't like using examples like this because, or I don't like I don't like openly stating them because I don't I don't do it for 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 to get noticed or to 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 like pat myself on the back. But I was I was at the gas station a couple of days ago. I was getting ready to go uh, get some ice for my dad because uh, he's got uh, he had a shoulder injury and, and it was we were using the ice for like uh, this machine that he's got for this cold pack. I'm in the gas station. Guy comes up to me. He's like, Hey man, I ran out of gas and I left my wallet at home. And you know, like I got to get all the way out to Marietta. It's like fucking an hour away. And like, I hate to bother you, but do you think you put some gas in my car? I'm like, yeah, dude, I got you. How much you need? He's like, I don't know. How much can you give me? I'm like, I'll tell you what, I'll fill your tank up. And dude, he's like, you want, he's like, 
he tried to give me like tools out of the back of his truck. He's like, he, I, I got some tools back here if you want them, or you know, I got some ladders. Like he's like a handyman or something. Did like a uh, you know, like uh, utility work. I was like, no, dude, don't worry about it. Just, you know, get where you need to go. Take care of business. Have a nice day. You know, no big deal. Boom. Utopia right there. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, my my utopian, my utopian world, uh, the small universe would be fairly similar to what we have now in the sense that the things that you do on a daily basis, most of the time don't require any form of centralized authority and coercion to do, you know, helping people out, like, you know, just existing peacefully amongst the, your neighbors. Um, you know, I, I would, in my world, it's a world absent of the state, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a world with no rulers, not a world with no rules. Mm-hmm. And of course, not everybody's going to play by those rules and that's okay because with no restrictions on the way that you interact with people, you're going to have the bad apples that are still going to be bad. That's that's but, that's. Do we get in your universe? Do we get to carry uh, open carry AT fours and M fours? Dude, I'm gonna be driving down the street in a fucking tank, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> We're gonna have tactical, tactical, with, mag- with recreational spin- spinners, with spinners on the sprocket, and yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, so in my utopian in my utopian universe, nuclear weapons would not exist. Like, it, like I'd go back in time and and I'd fucking, you know, I'd I'd, I'd hit Oppenheimer over the head with like a fucking with like a tree branch or something. So he forget, so he couldn't go into the, to the office that day and like build the a bomb. Um, that would be the only violation of the, uh, of the NAP that I would condone and, and not to kill him just to make sure that he couldn't finish the work. But so in, in my utopian universe, there's no nukes, but other than that, man, if you want to fucking tank, if you want to, you know, whatever, who cares? Um, there, the, it's impossible, and it's, it's the same reason why communism in the purest sense will never work, the reason why socialism in the purest sense will never work. And I think the reason why anarchism in the purest sense is probably the closest thing that could work, but it won't, and it's because there are people out there that want rulers. There are people out there that want governments. They want central authority. They want those things. Yeah. And unless I go against my own beliefs and you know preemptively initiate aggression against these people – there being a small difference between that and doing what's necessary to prevent an existent an existential crisis, for example, um, there are cultures and communities that just don't mix. There are there are belief systems out there that do not mix. Mm-hmm. And if all I am going to be is is more or less a reactionary pacifist type anarchist, where it's like, well, I can't defend myself until such and such happens. Some of these entities out there could very well organize to the point where when that, when that preemptive initiation of aggression does happen, there's really nothing you can do to, to stop it. Yeah. So while I'm not a fan of the, the preemptive use of, of aggression, I am a fan of making the, the deterrent so, so strong that these people just like, look, we don't want to go over to Ancapistan, man. Fuck all that shit. It's the Wild West. Like, let's just stay over here in Russia or China or wherever the hell in the Middle East, wherever, and just do our own thing. And leave those fucking nut jobs alone, right? Um, but you know, so there'd be no nukes. We'd get, I'd go back in time and get rid of those, um, and let the free market regulate itself as it was meant to. I mean, free market capitalism is the greatest form of economic organization that's ever been implemented in the history of humankind. I mean, 
it's it's uh, from my from my handheld computer that fits in my pocket right now the thing that i'm using to do this 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 podcast mm-hmm. i can go on an app and order food that would be reserved for royalty a thousand years ago stuff that the stuff that the common man could never ever in their wildest dreams ever hope to put in their mouth mm-hmm. and i can do it from my phone and have them drive it to my house and i can give them an agreed upon medium of exchange as compensation for that product and the service that was rendered. And then I can go about my day and that's capitalism. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not what we, it's, it's regulated to the point of almost not being capitalism using the state apparatus to control supply demand and the scarcity of resources. So that's, so we don't live in a, people, people don't, don't understand. A lot of people don't understand in the United States. We don't live in a capitalist country. We live nope. in a pseudo capitalist country. We, we live in a corporatocracy. Corporatocracy. Yeah. And so I have a lot of friends who are, I, I, I think the term is an oxymoron, but they call themselves left libertarian. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're hippies, which is, hey, I'm cool with it, man. If you want to fucking go out and live in the woods and fucking pick flowers and smoke, smoke weeds, I'm all about it, man. It's not, hurt, it's not bothering me at all. It's not hurting me. Sign, sign me up. Yes. I mean, I would, I'll join you. You know, I'll come out there and hang out and we'll do it. You know, but their whole concept of, well, the evil corporate entity ha- is is the foundation for what the capitalist system is built on. I'm like, no. Well, if you get rid of government, the corporations will just run everything. I'm like, no, you don't. That's not how it works. <laughs> Incorporating is a legal practice. Legal practice. It's not a it's not a business practice. There are large companies out there, billion dollar companies that are out there that are not incorporated. Without a a, a, a state system that is a collective centralized authority that has a monopoly on the use of force policing and the military without that there are no corporations there's just a bunch of big businesses out there that have money now if one of them then decides to hire a bunch of uh, a bunch of security guards and turns them into soldiers then they became a government i mean so you take that away and it's then that point it's click click boom yeah and at that point you know it's you know you'll hear these people say well without government Tyrants would take over and warlords would take over. I'm like, have you looked around? It's already, we already have that. It's already here. So why don't we get rid of it? You know, Ron, I think Ron Paul said it. Ron Paul said it. Uh, they asked him, well, uh, if you get rid of the tax, if you get rid of the tax code, what do you replace it with? Something like that. And, they, and he, he responded, he's like, when you get rid of a cancer, what do you replace it with? Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing. Not you just get rid of the cancer. You know, so. So my, my utopian society would look a lot like it looks now. I mean, you'd have you'd have some people out there that maybe are a little bit less well off than, than others, and some of that will, will probably some of that may be due to their own uh, decision making and their own life choices. Some of that may be due to something that is totally out of control. But the beautiful thing about anarchy, the beautiful thing about a voluntary society in which all interaction is voluntary and people can associate and disassociate with whomever they choose, is that. We already have right now charities out there that help donate to the poor and help feed the poor and clothe the poor and house the poor. We already have that. And they're already being taxed to death on top of it. Now, I know that charities, the 501Cs, uh, are, are, are tax uh, exempt. But the individual, the person that, that goes to work every day mm-hmm. and that the, the charity isn't their full-time gig, they're still getting taxed. Yeah, every not, time they put gas yeah, in their car, they're still getting taxed. Not, not to mention that in, in a stateless society – uh, the cost of living, just like everyday everyday things, would be so vastly less than it is now. 
because you'd have a million people out there trying to get your your service, trying to get your business, and the market would regulate the, the prices. Of course, yeah. that's what that's what a lot of the 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 anti-capitalists and the pro-socialist people understand. Like like healthcare is a perfect example. Yeah. Perfect example. The regulations required to or the regulations in place right now on, on the healthcare system artificially decrease the supply of medications and providers which artificially increases the demand for the services and the products which artificially and exponentially increases the cost of it uh insulin insulin's a really good example of that there's only like four con- four companies in the world that that create insulin and why is that because of government competition because or, or because, not go- Lack because of, the government won't let competition. Yeah, government right? won't let competition. Yeah, because they regulate competition out of existence to the point where you only got four people to go to, and the, between the four of them, yeah, they can undercut each other, but they know that they have basically a conglomerate monopoly on that on that commodity. Yeah, like to uh, the extent that they can just make the price whatever they feel like making it. Yeah, like Farmer Bro. I don't know if you remember him a couple of years ago. Yeah, Scarelli or whatever his Scarelli, name. Is. Yeah, took like a uh, uh, an HIV drug or cancer drug or whatever it was, and. Increase the price like six thousand percent. Yeah, like overnight, just snap, and it's like, well, you know. Yeah, it was like, it was like twenty bucks a pill, and then it went to four hundred bucks a pill. Yeah, yeah, just crazy, crazy. And the only reason that can, that's allowed to happen is because nobody else out there is no, making. There's that no shit. market alternative. Right. The woman that owns the the company that makes the EpiPens, uh, mm-hmm. auto injected epinephrine, which yeah. we use a, a lot, which we use a lot in emergency services. You know, we use epinephrine a lot, not necessarily auto injected stuff, but we use epinephrine a lot. Mm-hmm. And she was the only one who had the patent and the and the ability through the legal system of regulation to produce an auto injecting epinephrine, one to one thousand concentration, uh, zero point three milligram auto injected epinephrine. The shit was like six hundred dollars a fucking pop, you know. The day that they let somebody else uh, produce a similar product, the price dropped like. 70% overnight because, oh, fuck, this dude out here is selling these things for $100 a piece. No one's going to buy my $600 a piece fucking auto injector. Now, what would happen if we took government away completely and instead of two producers of the auto injecting epinephrine or two producer, four producers of insulin, now you have 400 uh, yeah, okay, uh, insulin. Farmer Bro, he, the HIV medicine went from $13 to $750. Yeah, so I was, I was close. I said 40 to 600 or 20 to 600. Yeah. yeah. So you know, just it, it, unbelievable. It's unbelievable that, that, that we're allowed to, that's allowed to happen. We're allowed to say, well, that's, that's the best system we have. Like, fuck, no, it's not. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you remove the government apparatus and allow the market to regulate itself, mm-hmm. then everything becomes cheaper because there's another, there's the, the demand for shit is not going to change just because you allow more people to start producing it or offering yeah, it. There's, um, there's an anarchist collective called Four Thieves, like the number F-O-U-R, Thieves. And mm-hmm. they're, they're a collective, and they do they teach people how to do their own DIY EpiPen, and it costs about nice. 30 bucks. And it costs about 30 bucks. That's fucking beautiful. They're also, beautiful they're also working on a synthetic insulin right now, too. Yeah. So, I mean... The FDA, the nice thing- the FDA is going after them, of course. Of course they are. So in my in my utopian society, the first thing we do is we remove the state apparatus. I, I snap my I snap my fingers. The state it no longer exists. Life in general pretty much doesn't change. You still get up every day. Still go to work. Mm-hmm. You still come home. You still make dinner and, and hang out with your family. You still go out with your friends on the weekends. What would you, you know? What would you do for a living? 
like I mean, you, yeah, like like right right now you you have a, you have a what is technically a government job as a firefighter? Uh, it's not technically a government job, but it is a government job. Yeah, uh, we so, are we are that we have the monopoly on fire suppression services in my county. So what would you what would you do if that was eliminated? I'd still be a fireman. I would just be a fireman for fucking uh, Mick Fire Company TM, you know, instead of uh, whatever county, you know. I'd still be a fireman. I love my job. <laughs> Fire and protection there, sponsored by Smellyverse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there would be competing companies that offer different suppression service options. And, and so, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into this, I think, in one of the other segments you said that we're going to do one, like, how do we implement yeah. these things? How, 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 how do we, we get make there? that work? Yeah, how do we get yeah. there from here? That's that's the so, so we'll we'll get into that on the okay, next how, one. But yeah, how do we get there from here then? Are we doing that now? Sure, why not? Okay, so how do we get from where we are now to small uh, uh, smallytopia? Smallyverse or smallyveltopia? Or... So the smallytopia. This is how we get to it. And I made this. I, I made this uh, slight slight foundational shift in my ideology about two years ago, I think. Um, like I said, when I first started out, I was a brutalist. I used to uh, beat people over the head, calm status, and tell them they were fucking pieces of shit for, for wanting, uh, I remember, uh, I remember you and I argued about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you had to, you had to rein me in a little bit and I appreciate that. And I was a little bit younger. I was a little bit, uh, you know, still, I was still a meathead and, uh, you know, very angry about the, fact that the, 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 the new to anarchy bravado. Yeah. I mean. And unfortunately, I think that's just part of the part of the process is that yes, when somebody's yes. somebody's been working in the system for so long, and they finally realize like, this is a really fucked up system, and yeah. I was a I was a contributing member of that system, and now it's like, I finally realized that the shit that we were doing, you know, maybe not on the individual level, like I've never killed anybody, I've never I've never been in combat, thankfully, but I helped support it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so maybe on the individual level, like, you know, no, no, I never actually went out and bombed somebody's house or killed their family, but I helped support it. And then now that you're on the other side, you're like, fuck, that was, you know, that's wrong. Like, it's wrong to do that. That You get, you get upset when other people can't see that and you start, you know, and you have good arguments that you're able to, to develop, but you just don't want to use them because now you're, you're doing exactly what the other side does. You're using the emotional side of it to kind of fuel your, your argument when arguments are not an emotional thing, it's a, it's a logical and a, a you know, it, it's an intellectual thing. So mm-hmm. I, I, I made, a, I made a fundamental shift in my, um, in, in my belief system, not so much in, in what it is that I believe, but going back to how we, how do we get from here to there? Rome wasn't built in a day. It definitely didn't fall in a day either. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do we go from what is almost a authoritarian completely authoritarian system in which the government is involved in everything you do all day, every day. The, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a good meme floating around one of the Liberty pages. Name one thing that you can do that isn't taxed, regulated or controlled by the government in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And there's very few things besides think my own thoughts and not say them out loud. Okay. You know? Philosophical question. Are they your own exactly. thoughts or are they the result of the programming and indoctrination from the government? Yeah, I think it, that I think it, that I think I think that they're your own thoughts when they when they contradict the program and the indoctrination. When when the the thoughts are counter to what is being forced down your throat twenty four hours a day for eighteen to twenty years of your life, you know mm-hmm. I think those are your own thoughts because, you know, and and not and most of my own thoughts weren't even mine to begin with. I I got them from reading other people and talking to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't invent anarchy. I didn't invent 
voluntary interaction. I didn't invent, you know, supporting the free market and wanting the free market to regulate itself. I didn't come up with those ideas on my own. I read read stuff from people that thought about this stuff when they, you know, years and decades and centuries ago. You know, but so the fundamental shift that I had came about when I started reading a lot more hop. And, you know, some people have some beef with the things that Hop says, and it's not, you know, Hop is very uh, supportive of a, I don't want to even call it an ethnostate because it has nothing to do with ethnicity. It's a cultural covenant community in the sense that, so in my, going back to what the small, the small utopia is, it's, it's, it's very similar to what we have now. Just we remove the state apparatus and let the, let the market work mm-hmm. itself out. But like I said, there's there are cultures out there that just do not mix, and there are people out there that 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 legitimately want and, and crave the ruling class to 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 run their lives and run everybody else's lives for them. And so, in an anarchist society, in my anarchist society, it's not just seven billion people living living their lives individually away from everybody else. And I, you have to, I mean, for someone to do that, it takes a lot of skill and knowledge and experience. To be mm-hmm. totally self-sufficient without any help from anybody else, without any kind of interaction, any kind of market interactions, it's very difficult to do. And it's not a very uh, appe- appealing thing for a lot of people, too. I don't necessarily want to live out in the woods and hack, hack my life out of the wilderness for the rest of my life. I mean, I like having TVs and fucking cars and cell phones, and I like being able to call Domino's. Who would build the roads? Domino's would build the roads. That's who. You know? Domino's filling potholes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what so. So when I started reading Hop, I started having a, a slight shift in the in the direction in which I, my anarchy is manifest in the practical application. And what that is, is that, so, you know, uh, Carl Hess, the, the anarchy without hyphens, right? Mm-hmm. There's only one yep. type of anarchist, not two, only one. An anarchist is somebody who, uh, who rejects the hierarchical authority of the state. Yes. Right, so if that's all of us, that's great. Hess, Hess Bay. But there are still, there are still, and not to, with no disrespect to Carl Hess, because he's he, he's a remarkable philosopher and and thinker. You're still going to have the hyphens. That's still going to be there. You're you're still going to have your primitivists and your and your your mm-hmm. transhumanists and your and your egoists. You're, those people are still going to be out there, as long mm-hmm. as what they do isn't forced on anybody else. And as long as their interactions are, are hundred percent strictly voluntary with all parties involved, I could, this is communism and socialism. I couldn't care less if you wanted to have a communist society, yep. as long as just every single person yeah, in their society wants to be a part of it. And you're not forcing that on anybody it. else. Don't force, people. Just don't force it. You want to go out in Wyoming and, and buy a, buy a bunch of land and have a big, big commune, a big cult with a bunch of people. And, and you don't have any money and everybody kind of owns everything together. And it's a, it's a big, it's one big, huge society. That's basically a family. Knock yourself out. It sounds that sounds amazing to me, you know. Not not, as long as not, not Wyoming. I I want Wyoming. Well, they can they, they can they can have Missouri. They can have Missouri. Not not all of Wyoming. I'm just like like maybe like a few thousand acres, you know, <laughs> around around Dubois, around Dubois. I'm not saying that I thought of this, but I'm not saying that's that's on my list. But you know, just just you know, a couple thousand acres. You know. <laughs> Thompson Falls, Montana. That's yeah. There you go. That's my so, escape. Uh, here, here's how we get from here to there. And this is where my fundamental shift came is understanding that the ideology in and of itself is not, doesn't have enough push to get the dominoes falling. The dominoes got to start falling somewhere. And the way that that happens is with what I call fractional secession. Fractional secession. 
So going back to the Carl Hess thing, the, there are hyphens, even though anarchy without hyphens, the, the, the argument is solid that as long as you are rejecting the hierarchical, hierarchical authority imposed by the state, you're an anarchist. It doesn't matter how you practice that, right? So my hyphen is a long one. I'm a Austro-Libertarian fractional secessionist. So that's a mouthful, right? Okay. Austrian school economics, total free market laissez-faire. Little L libertarian for anarchy. Fractional secessionism is the way that we make that happen. And the way that that works is, is the opposite of what they're doing in Europe and what they try to do in the North American continent uh, back in 2005. Uh, right? sure. So the European Union is a mega state. Mm-hmm. I am pro-Brexit. Mm-hmm. I want the UK to leave the fucking EU. Not because oh. of any... Not because of any uh, cultural issues with with Europe or with, you know, just because it breaks apart the megastate. Mm-hmm. That's step one. Step one is get the, the, the megastate broken back down into big states. So instead of the European Union, which is a massive bureaucracy, totally corrupt, and it's bankrupting all the all the highly productive members mm-hmm. of that of that uh, union, break that bitch apart and get it back to Germany, France, Spain, Italy and the rest of those countries, right? Then break Damn. those fuckers. Then break yeah. them apart. Then you break them apart. Scotland, Wales, and Ireland break apart from England. You know, Catalonia, two years ago. Catalonia, Spain tried to secede from the Spanish government. They voted on a referendum, and they passed a referendum saying, you know what, it's been a fun ride. We don't want to be Spanish anymore. We're Catalonians. Let us do our own thing. And you know what happened? They went to that. They went into Catalonia with fucking the military, with tanks and guns, and these people were out there with fucking bottles and fucking rocks, and they they beat and arrested hundreds, if not thousands, of people that were at these polling places to vote on the referendum, and they shut that shit down. And I'm like, huh? I bet it wouldn't have gone that way if all those people had guns, you know? Which is why earlier I said the first, the last domino in American uh, domestic policy is gun control. You know, the Bundy Ranch thing. Love love him or hate him, Clive and Bundy is oh, the only dude. recent the only recent success I've seen of a legitimate armed resistance <laughs> against the government in which the government was like, eh, we're gonna pick pick our battles and, and fight another day. We're not we're not gonna I, post, I posted an article about him earlier today. Yeah. About him calling all calling the people that support the Hammonds getting their BLM permits back. He basically called them all bitches because they're cheering the government involvement. Or yeah. the, the Hammonds bending over to the government and, and getting a permit instead of just doing it without the permit. I mean, he's right though. Yeah, he but is. He's absolutely right. It's a, it's a, it's it's on my it's on my Facebook. It's a good read. It's sell it's selling out. It's selling out. You know. Mm-hmm. And so like, and and Clyde and Bundy even said when the shit was all going down, he said he's like, I'll pay the state of Nevada the money because mm-hmm. I believe that 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 land belongs to me and is is sovereign to the state of Nevada, not to the U.S. government. So he was yep. willing to give the state of Nevada. Yeah, he's he's right. I mean, he's right. I mean, according, I think last, last I read, the federal government claims management, or oh, oh, management is their word, but it's, it's ownership. Over like 81% of the state of Nevada. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's it's like, when you look at the map of the western U.S. and, and the government control of the, of, of the state lands, it's it's something like that. The federal government controls like like sixty seven percent of of the yeah. west western U.S. Yeah, yeah. You take the you, you take away the state, all that land is now available for homesteading and, and right of first use and all that stuff. And which we'll get into on another uh, segment about um, 
negative property <laughs> rights and, and how yeah. in my, my small utopia, the negative property rights are, are respected and, and preserved. Uh, but uh, the fractional secession is the key. That's, that's the first domino is get the, the mega state broken down into big states. Get the big states broken down into small states. Get yeah. the small states um, broken down into, into counties and cities. Yeah, Rothbard, yeah, Rothbard has a really good quote on it. He said, uh, once one concedes that a single world government is not necessary, then where does the logically stop at the permissibility of, of separate states? If Canada and the U.S. can be separate nations without being denounced as in a state of insurmountable anarchy, why cannot the South succeed from the United States, New York from the Union, New York City from the state? Why, why may uh, Why may not Manhattan succeed each neighborhood, each block, each house, each person? That's I actually, I actually think Rothbard in that that specific quote is where I got the idea of this mm -hmm. to tell you the truth because I was I was about to say something very similar to that before you pulled that up that Texas has been talking about leaving the U.S. for a while now I hope they fucking do it I think and Texas California too I, I got if California leaves I'll be living underneath a bridge in Reno well California when Trump got elected California was talking about seceding and while maybe the reasons for it were contrary contrary to <laughs> what i am supporting in my ideology mm -hmm. i'm i fully support california seceding fucking do it and then break that bitch up into six or seven states do that too mm -hmm. and so if texas can secede which they should be able to and i think they could do it if they wanted to i don't think i don't think no one's gonna stop them if they can secede then why can't dallas secede and uh -huh. if dallas can secede why can't you know whatever neighborhood in dallas and then in that neighborhood if if texas can secede why not georgia and if Georgia yep. can secede from, from the U.S., why can't Atlanta secede from Georgia? And if that could happen, why can't Duluth secede from, from the Atlanta metro area? And if that can happen, why can't Albion Farms uh, neighborhood secede from Duluth? And if that can happen, why can't Barnwood Crossing secede from Albion Farms? Yep. Why not? So once you get fractional secession implemented, I mean, that's the, and they, they are dominoes. Once the first domino falls, without some kind of major incident – involving more than likely the use of force and violence the other dominoes are going to keep falling yeah that's that's my thing though is, is this is the whole succession thing um i think in, in order for it to happen in order for for texas to succeed there has to be something major happen um some sort of uh, economic collapses is, is my guess some sort of like really bad not like a downturn like 2008 i mean a flat out collapse economic collapse like collapse of the u.s dollar I think at that point, if that happens, Texas is gone. I believe Oklahoma and New Mexico will go with it. Um, and then from that point in time, it's just it's dominoes. I, I I don't know if I think that that's that's what's required, but I wouldn't doubt it if it takes something like that. And I'm just hoping that uh, that Texas will uh, accept uh, immigrants from the United States if it does happen, because I'll move there. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, armed. <laughs> you know so like and that goes back to what we talked about earlier the, the boogaloo it's it's probably not gonna happen no we're all over here wanting you know the memes are fire i love the memes oh the memes are fantastic the memes are fucking fire <laughs> this, this is probably not gonna happen it's probably not gonna happen if it does oh. happen then, then hey let's boogie but if it, i don't think it's gonna happen so um so <laughs> once once fractional secession there you go. Well, my my one, my my new patch. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. <laughs> yeah, it's a Legend of Zelda. It's one of the best video games with ever the, made. I with love the it. A, with the AK. Love it, love it. You know, but um, 
So once fraction succession occurs, once the mega state gets broken up to big states and the big states get broken up to small states, I think they need to. What needs to happen in the U.S. is there needs to be a movement that abolishes the not only the Constitution, but then abolishes the executive. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you'll but you'll hear the fucking boomer fuds and the neocons like, oh, you hate the Constitution. What do you hate? Freedom. By Sanders Spooner, one of my favorite uh, quotes, uh, anarchist quotes from life is from Lysander Spooner, 1860s anarchy man. This dude is fucking the man before his time. Uh, the Constitution, be it one thing or another, this much is certain, it has either enabled the government which we suffer under, or it's been powerless to prevent it. And either way, it is unfit to exist. And that's that's a fact. You know, they got that. Uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite Spooner memes is the uh, about the Constitution is. Is that uh that that meme template that that from the movie uh, uh the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio movie uh, Inception, mm-hmm. where they're sitting at the table and he's looking at him he's like and the top top panel says well the Constitution protects protects your rights, or, or the Constitution restricts government. That's why we have it. And then in the middle it says yeah, but it's not doing that. So now what? Or something along those lines. And then the guy just looks at him, stare, squints at him, it's like. <laughs> The, the Constitution is supposed to limit government and protect your rights, except for it doesn't do any of those things. So why, is it, why do we have it? Like, well, Oh, well, because this, it's, the people that, have been, uh, that are in power have been abusing it and not – well, okay, so get rid of it. It's, it's obviously not working. It's just a piece of paper. It's a very nice piece of paper. It's got very nice words written on it. I got, I got a lot of respect for that piece of paper just as I do is the Declaration and, and the Magna Carta. The, Decor- the Declaration of Independence is a far superior document than the Constitution. They're fantastically written. If you're if you're really if you're really like a kind of a historian, they're they're fantastically written, but they're not they're not worth toilet paper. They're they're yeah. rea- in reality they're not worth toilet paper. No, it's just it's just an art it's an art museum uh, exhibit. That's all it is. You know the, so the that, articles of confederation. Jackson Pollock's. That's that's what it is. The articles of confederation was a far a vastly superior document to the Constitution after oh, the after the Revolutionary War was over. And they wrote the first the first governing document of the new of the new United States. The Articles of Confederation was vastly superior to the Constitution in almost every way, and they got rid of that fucker before the ink was dry. Yes, that's where the big the big the big Captain America Civil War between uh, the Federalists and anti Federalists. You know, the Federalists were like, "Nah, dog, we need a fucking uh, central government in D.C." And the anti Federalists were like, uh, "Why don't we just let each individual state govern themselves like like we intended to when we did this whole uh, revolution?" Uh, revolutionary war why don't we just do what we planned on doing to begin with and let's see how that rides well we can't afford to let uh, larger powers come in and, and, and overthrow us you yeah know? that's another thing that, that was brought up uh, i forget where i got it from but i saw a, a, a comment on a thread somewhere and i i think i took a screenshot of it and i think we'll get into this in more detail in one of the later uh, segments but it's a lot of like how do you make it work like how do you make so how do i make fire suppression work in a stateless society. Like I said, I'll, I won't work for whatever county fire rescue. I'll be working mm-hmm. for, you know, for uh, uh, Qualcomm or Verizon Wireless Fire Rescue, you know, TM. Yeah. All rights reserved. You know, well, well, without taxes, how do the people pay for, uh, you know, uh, what? You're just not going to, somebody, somebody doesn't pay a, a subscription fee, just don't go put out their house? Well, no, that's not how that works either, for one. For one, most people, without being taxed, you, you get taxed between 33 and 50 percent of your income, like on average. Mm-hmm. Without that 33 to 50 percent of your income being stolen from you under the threat of force, 
you have a lot more money that sitting around that you can use. And without the fiat system of the Federal Reserve, the money is actually worth more now. It's actually got value. You know, if I can if I can afford a cell phone and I can afford Netflix and I can afford a fucking, uh, you know, subscription to, a, you know, Pandora uh, Prime or Pandora Premium where I don't have to listen to the commercials, a gym membership, if I can afford all that shit, would it really be all that far of a stretch to think that I could afford a fire suppression subscription or insurance policy, you know, and for the people that don't have those, I mean, it's just like going to the hospital now. Like, so people, people think that the United States doesn't have a socialist healthcare system. We absolutely do have a socialist healthcare system. I see it in practice every day. It's called nine one one. Nine one one. Doesn't matter what it's for. You call nine one one and I will be there. If it's within my, my, my company's territory, we go to every 911 call that's an EMS or fire related call. You know, if it's if they're calling out the cops because they need a police report done for a home for like a, a robbery, somebody broke into your house and stole some shit. We're not going to that, but every EMS call, we send a fire uh, resource and an EMS resource to. So I see all kinds of shit. Everything from legitimate, no bullshit medical emergencies to tow aches. I, I went on a call, a woman had a nightmare. Now, I'm not making any of this up. A woman called. <laughs> Forty-year-old, a forty-year-old adult female called nine one one because she had a nightmare, but it was so real. You don't understand. When I woke up, it was so real, and she had an anxiety attack over it, which is what the call got dispatched as. So she had an anxiety attack, and I'm not saying anxiety attacks aren't legitimate emergencies, but most people don't die from anxiety attacks. No, you know. But we get there, and we're like, "Well, what's going on?" She's like, "I had this nightmare, and it was I had this bad dream, and it was so real, and I woke up, and I started panicking." And I'm like, okay, uh, do you have any any previous medical history of such and such? No, no, nothing like that. I'm 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 totally healthy. Ah, uh, she was scared but, shitless. Then. But you had a nightmare, and we still went. And so, you know, had she not had insurance, or had, if she hadn't subscribed to to uh, Small Utopia's Fire Rescue Service uh, TM, <laughs> then we just send her a bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, people think, and so going back into uh, uh, government control over the economy, credit is a thing that's going to continue whether or not the government exists. People are going to oh, still have credit okay. and credit scores. The, there might be more reporting agencies and, and uh, you know, third-party uh, uh, agencies that verify people's credit. And, you know, but you're still going to have credit, and your credit can still get affected if you're unable to, to pay for your financial responsibilities that you – your financial liabilities that you incur, you know, it's just not going to be enforced by, there's not going to be anybody coming yeah, to would, throw you in jail. And it wouldn't necessarily be credit. Like it could be some sort of like personal Yelp. It could be some sort of like blockchain reputation or, oh, yeah. or something I mean, like that. I, mean, there, I, there's, I, watched the there's video, I watched the video on YouTube. I watched the video on YouTube about exactly that. It was, you know, in a stateless society, how would you, you know, like you'll, I'll, I'll have friends of mine like, well, you can't get rid of regulations because, you know, you take regu- you take health health and safety regulations away from the food service industry. What's to stop them from, from from serving rotten meat and poisoning the drinks? Didn't Tyson just get hit with like nineteen million pounds recalled because of E. coli, or something like that? I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't know it was Tyson, but I heard somebody. Yeah, some chicken. Some chicken was 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 yep. was. It might. Yeah, I think I, I remember. I remember. Yeah. So that's good gonna, job. That's good job. Government regulations. Well, that's gonna—I mean—that's gonna happen absent of the government too. And but at the same time, there will be uh, a, a 
reviewing service that will give you some kind of a reviewing score of your, you know, Yelp, of, Yelp, Yelp, yeah, like right now, like Yelp. It'll, it'll right be now, like Yelp, Yelp, Yelp is a perfect example, you know, and so the, the more credible a, a, a business is, the more credible a service is based off their scores from all these independent uh, uh, sources, the more likely people will go to them for the things that they need. But this, the, so I was talking to this guy and he's like, well, if you get rid of regulations, health and safety regulations, then what's to stop the restaurant industry from selling rotten food and, and poisoning the drinks? I'm like, gee, let me think. I'm going to go into business to make money so I can buy <laughs> nice shit. And the way that I'm going to maintain a clientele base that is going to continue to feed my, my need for uh, uh, material things is to kill off all my customers or create such a poor reputation of quality of, mm. of goods and services that nobody ever comes to my bar restaurant. Like I'll be out of business before the fucking end of the week. If two people get sick eating my cheeseburgers. So like, it makes no sense that like some of the arguments that people make to, to maintain the, the, the status quo of central authority and regulation is like, do you sit down and think about these things before you, before you say them? Like, no one's going to intentionally poison drinks or, or intentionally sell rotten meat in order to save a buck. No, that, you're, you're, you'll never have to, your cut. Your business will go out of business in the blink of an eye because your customer base is going to dry up and go somewhere else. Like it's yeah. not that hard to understand, but yeah. So, all right, let's, let's get on, let's get on to that last segment and get to the, uh, the ish jar issues, fish, fish bowl issues ish. You can blame Derica for the dumb name. Yeah. So she's got good ideas. She's got some good my, ideas. My my Star Wars Guido goblet box. Nice. That's my that's my Ishbel. So Alright. What's this one? Oh yeah, that's a perfect one. Social organization. Like a kinship structure of a culture or society, division of activity, moral obligations. I.e., how are you going to deal with people you disagree with? Subjective morality, vegan, LGBT, racist, etc. Like, how would, how would, how's, how's voluntary segregation going to work in your? That's a very complex. It's a very complex issue that's got a very simple solution. Mm -hmm. There is nothing morally objectionable to discrimination in, nope. in any way, shape, or form. So, in 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 Smalltopia. You know, you're not going to have a, you're not going to really have a court system in place because courts require the use of a central authority to, to enforce the mandates issued by them. So how do we, how do we deal with criminal justice? How do we deal with, you know, what is, what is pretty object, objectively immoral behavior, like, uh, like racist or sexist or, you know, anti-homosexual um, not just just belief, but like the the physical application of those beliefs. It, being a racist is, is being racist is stupid, but mm -hmm. there's nothing immoral about not liking somebody because they have a different skin color. You yeah. just you I, just I, you're just dumb. And how and how is how is that dealt with? Well, you don't associate with their business, right? right? So you, you don't, you the, don't... The, the answer the answer is is ostracism. It's a beautiful thing. Ostracism works and works very well. So in in my anarchist society. You know, it's going to be basically built around the covenant community because, like I said, most people in the 21st century are not going to go want to go back to living off the land and 
You know, mm-hmm. you'll have people that want to grow their own food to some extent, but no one's not, not everybody's going to want to go out there and hack their life out of the wilderness. Like some people would love to do. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that love to do it by all means, uh, be, be well and uh, good fortune to you. But there's plenty of folks like me that like society, like, like having shit like TVs and internet and, you know, cars. And I want my fucking, my, uh, my, uh, trip to Mars. Like I want all that shit. So I want to live amongst other people, maybe not on a large scale, like in a, in a big crowded city like New York, but I like the place where I live now. I like the, the amount of people in the population density now, but you know, so you gotta, you gotta, uh, the covenant community has to come up with their own basic, uh, way to function in the sense that, Hey, everyone that lives in this little section of Georgia that we live in, we've all agreed to, you know, that these are kind of the way that we're going to play, play the game. You know, we don't tolerate certain types of behaviors, even if it's not necessarily a violation of the non-aggression principle. Being a racist is not hating somebody because they're a different skin color is not a violation of the non-aggression principle. It's stupid, but it's not mm-hmm. a, it's not it's not an immoral act of aggression. Just ostracize them. Then you got a guy out there that's that's openly a racist and is like, hey, I don't like uh, I don't like certain people because of their, their skin color. And that's the only reason it has nothing to do with anything else. Then say, okay, well, you own an auto shop. I'm not going to buy a car from you. And nobody here in this community is going to buy a car from you. And then you're going to go out of business. You're going to have to leave. Because you're not going to be able to afford to, to, we're not going to, I'm not only not going to buy a car from you, but I work as a, uh, you know, a, a private dentist or a private, uh, you know, I own, I own another business that, that is not a part of a a larger, you know, operate Smileyverse, you know, fire services, fire and EMT services. Yeah, and but I think that's a little bit of a slippery slope because if somebody pay, oh, if somebody pays something like that, we're talking utopia yeah, here. Come on. Well, in my utopia, you know, <laughs> it's my utopia. Damn it! Let me let me let me run it. Let me run it like the dictator that I want to. If, if you will no longer be offered the service at that point, it's not that we won't. If you pay for a service, you're going to get the service you paid for. But if it's decided that in the society that we have organized in the covenant community that we agree to all the terms and conditions of of our and everyone hates the C word in the anarchist world, but our collective, uh, you know, voluntary interaction that we've all basically agreed to this certain set of principles, you know, anarchists are the biggest collective that's get, out there. You used to get on me so bad for using the C word. Anarchists are the biggest collective that's out there. It's a, it's a group that collectively hates the state. Like, come on. That's exactly what it is. But so, you know, it, so ostracism would be the way that we deal with those type of situations. You know, I'm not going to sell you a loaf of bread from the grocery store because we've decided that, you know, me, I agree to what was decided by the rest of the people in this community, that that's the type of behavior we don't want to associate with, you know. Now, you might have people that are in the in the community that are say, well, I don't that doesn't necessarily bother me that much. OK, but it still limits the market availability of goods and services and makes it to the point where that person is going to have to either change their the way that they operate in or in our organized society or they're going to have to move on. Like, like you're not ostracism will, will probably never be a thing that is a hundred percent, you know, effective in the sense that every single person in like, let's say my community, my company community has 300 people living there. Right. You may, you know, we find out that Bob's a racist and we all hate that, but there's like 10, 10 or 20 people in the community. That are like, yeah, I hate that, but it's not enough for me to stop dealing with Bob. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. The other 200 and, you know, 60, 280 people that live in that community are going to be like, okay, well, you can deal with Bob, but we're not going to deal with Bob. And now 
Bob's availability to acquire the goods and services that Bob needs to survive and to continue residing in that community has significantly decreased in an artificial manner, but a free market manner. And now mm-hmm. he, he's got to either really struggle to get by or he's going to have to change. And so that's done without using any amount of force. I didn't have to go threaten him. I didn't have to go put a gun in his face. I didn't have to do none of that shit. I just said, hey, Bob, I'm not selling, like, you know, maybe I own the car dealership and Bob needs a new car. I'm like, I'm not going to sell you a car, Bob. You're a racist. I don't like that. Go buy a car from somewhere else. And the next 10 car dealerships are like, no, we're not going to deal with you. We don't like you. And then he has to leave the community to go get a car. You know, same thing with the gas station. You know, maybe I own the gas station that Bob wants to pump gas at. And I'm like, Bob's on the, on the, on the blacklist. He's not allowed to pump gas here. We're not going to take his money. You know, and, and every gas station within 10 miles is the same thing. Now Bob has to drive 20 miles out of his way just to go get gas. He's going to have to fucking make a change or he's going to have to leave. Yep. You know? So did, did that sufficiently cover? Oh, that's perfect. I, I agree. I agree completely oh, with, okay. with that. You know, and, and it's, and that, and the same, on that same, uh, that same, what, what if fishbowl thing, uh-huh. something that's, uh, another really huge point of contention within the anarchist community involves, and I want to use the term, I want to word this correctly so it doesn't sound status, but it involves the, the free travel of people through a mm-hmm. established and owned property, right? So in a covenant community, you know, and right now, and this is part of the fractional secessionism that needs to take place. In order for fractional secession, secessionism to work, the tax base for the state has to dry up or has to shrink. So in order to shrink the tax base, you break up the mega state into big states and the big states and the small states and the small states and the micro states and the micro states and the communities. And that basically changes the definition of one state's proper one state's ability to tax the property base from another, whereas in the United States the tax base is huge, 328, 330 million people. But you break everybody up into the 50 states now, you know, Texas has got 22 something million people in it. That's significantly less tax base than the mm-hmm. 328 million that the US federal government has. Then you break that up even smaller, now the tax base gets smaller. But if you continue to let people who are not part of that covenant community kind of come and go as they please and set up residence as they please and not really, you know, and in the sense of in order to get to small utopia, we have to go through the steps of secessionism first. So it's not going to just disappear overnight. You got to break the States up. Those tax bases are going to still continue to exist, but the inclusion of more and more people that don't contribute to the tax base taxation is theft. I don't think anybody should be taxed. It needs to be abolished immediately. It's not going to happen right now. It's not going to happen until we get to small utopia, but you got to get there first. You got the road has to be traveled before you get there. And so the more people that we allow to be included in the tax liability without contributing to the tax base doesn't contribute to the secessionist process of shrinking the state. It, it, it keeps the state arbitrarily inflated with tax revenue. Yeah. So in the covenant community and and of course, for the people people following the, the two people following along at home, something me and Jason have talked about at length, and some something that me and a few of the other folks that uh, we do these these type of uh, shows with have talked about it uh, from time to time is the border, right? So state borders. In an anarchist society, <laughs> they would be private borders. The border the border wouldn't necessarily go anywhere. Just who owned it would would change, right? The the ownership the ownership would change. 
Yeah, that, 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 that's my my thing. I was like, I, I'm not for state borders. I'm not for government borders because I don't support the government. But if people want to put borders on their private property, property such, such as that one guy, such as that that one landowner did, yeah, in New Mexico, I think Mexico or whatever. Fine, I'm I'm all for it. Like, if you want to put a 50 foot wall around your property, fine. I have no issue with that at all. And so. The the border the, the the border wars I call it the border wars the border wars is the is one of the two big points of contention I think abortion is the other one that's not a topic I I plan to touch on at all um, but the border wars is is one of the big points of contention between people within the anarchist and liberty communities in the sense that state borders are illegitimate I agree with that they're totally illegitimate. The problem is is that because state borders are funded through tax money taxation is theft yes. We agree. So you tell me where I lose you, okay? This is we'll, we'll have we'll, we'll play a fun little game. You tell me where I lose you. Taxation is theft, yes. Yes. The only people who have a right of claim to that which was stolen are the people that were stolen from, yes. That gets messy for me because when the so government I lost you already <laughs> no 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 hold on it's, it's it's like it's like this when 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 the government takes your money. Right, you don't have there, there's no serial number on your dollar that you get to follow. Like you don't get to see where your dollars go, right? So the the person robbing you on the side of the road, right? If they take your money, it's not your say what they do with it, right? So right, no, if, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I have a say in what they do with it. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the only people that have a legitimate claim over stolen property are the people that were stolen from. Yes. Yes. So if somebody steals my car, that's still my car, even though I don't have it anymore. Okay. okay. Now, where I lose, where I tend to lose people, and people like you, is that if somebody takes my liquid currency, my 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 money, they like, so taxation is theft. Somebody steals my money. If they turn around and buy something with my money, I can't get the money back. But do I have a claim over what was bought? See that that right there. That's a three-hour podcast. Okay, so we'll get into that at some other time. That's but that's a huge that's a huge long discussion. Okay, then and we can do that another time. That's fine. Yeah. But it's it's always been my not always. It's only really recently actually been my point of contention that no, I don't really have a say in what the government does with my money, but I still have ownership of what was my money was used for. And so that and that kind of ties that's, into if we that's if we a, abolish the state, topic. if we abolish the state and we create so let, let's say. Instead of having a state apparatus that collects tax money, we live in a voluntary covenant community in which you pay voluntarily into a fund that is then used to maintain roads and, you know, you buy a subscription to Smalley-topia fire services. You buy a subscription to, you know, the security service that we use to make sure that, you know, no one's out there, you know, robbing your car out of your driveway and shit. Mm -hmm. we then decide that we're going to restrict access to our covenant community to people who are not already members of that covenant community until we kind of get to know who they are. We don't just want anybody and everyone because like I said, absolutely. Again, again, it's, it's private property. Voluntary segregation. Voluntary segregation is just as legitimate as voluntary association. Right. Mm -hmm. So if our covenant community says, well, we've already decided that we don't want communists to come into our community because we think that their, that their ideology is, totally conflicted with ours and they won't they don't mix 
So we decided that we're not going to allow any communists to come move in and, you know, mm-hmm. and become part of that, that community. Yeah, what you're, you're talking what you're talking about is the, is the other c word, right? Culture. culture. You're talking you're talking about the, the the culture, and we're not talking about like ethnostate culture. What we're talking about no. is is the the, the the culture of freedom, the culture of the specific values that we have, right? I mean, like you can argue that the vegan culture is differently than your culture. Like your culture and the vegan culture wouldn't necessarily get along, so you wouldn't necessarily want to live want to live amongst each other. Right, I like cheeseburgers. They yeah. don't. Yeah, I and like to eat things are... that I like to eat things that move. It's uh, it, sorry. And, and some of the, some of them are believe so strongly in not not wanting that to happen that they are willing to use force to prevent it. Huh? You know, so uh, it 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 all goes it all goes back to the the central theme is that is that all human interaction should be strictly voluntary. Yes. However, you decide to make that happen, as long as it's completely voluntary by all parties involved. If you want to create a, a socialist utopia in Montana somewhere, then hey, I mean, more power to you. If you make it work, make it work. So, if if the racists want to set up an ethno state and have it be, you know, only Asian people living in this community, That's if fine. you're not Asian, you can't trace your Asian lineage back at least five generations. Then, <laughs> then you then you're you're not good with us. Okay, well, fucking, you want to voluntarily disassociate with anybody that doesn't meet the description? That's your just that's your decision. As long Fine. as you don't force me to, you know, you don't force me to accommodate that where mm-hmm. I live. Yep. Uh, I agree. If, with if you, you want to, if you are a Wiccan and you want to only associate with other Wiccans and you don't want any Christians or Jews or, or Norse pagans or whatever living in your Wiccan community, then okay. That's as long as everybody agrees to it and you're not forcing anybody else to, to, to accommodate that, then knock yourself out. I agree completely. So, we've been going a lot longer than I planned. So my bad. I talk a lot. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. It was a good conversation. So, yeah. Uh, plug your shit. What, your, what am I plugging? Your sites, your oh, Facebook. Okay. So, uh, obviously, the uh, a wolf in a sheep's world. Uh, you I'm are active. You're you're on there as John Freeman. John Freeman. Yes. John Freeman. And it's just uh, I, I picked that student name because free man. It's not Freeman like the, uh, the the last name that is out there. It's free man. Yeah, so John, John Freeman. Freeman. John Freeman. Um, Wolf in the Sheeple's World. John Freeman. Uh, check the meme report. It's uh, it, it's I just throw memes on there. I steal memes. I don't I don't do a lot of OC. I just steal the shit out <laughs> of memes. Ta- I, I am I am the IRS of fucking memes. I tax the fuck out of them. So it's a lot. It's a little bit of everything. I try to keep it a, a varied. Uh, it's it's relatively new page. Uh, I don't. I mean, I think there's a hundred people on it right now. It's it's just a, it's just a little something I do when I'm bored. It's not a, it's not a huge project that I'm like super fucking involved in. But at the same time, I see something funny. I throw it on there. Um, let me. Is there anything else that I actually need to plug? I don't think so. Uh, freedom and and uh, and uh, voluntary interaction. Plug that. Um, fractional secessionism. Get on it. That's how we make the uh, the dream come alive. Yeah. Any uh, uh, any recommended reads? Um. Well, we talked about uh, we talked about uh, the democracy, the god that failed, the Hobbit, Hobbit. That's a good one. I have a I have a free PDF link of that one. I'll throw it in the description. Uh, the Basiat, the law. That's a good one. Um. Uh, economics in one lesson. Henry Hazlitt. I got a free PDF of that one too. That's a good one. 
Uh, you you can't go wrong if you read anything from Rothbard or or uh, um, Rothbard. Shit, I'm having drawn a blank. Who was the other uh, Austrian economic? Uh, Hayek. Any anything from any one of those guys? Friedrich Hayek, Murray Rothbard. Uh, can't go wrong with them. Um, let me think. What else? What else is good? What else is good reading that I've been reading recently? I haven't. I haven't been reading as much as I as much as I used to. Oh, uh, becoming the supple leopard. That's uh, for those of you that want to increase your flexibility and mobility and uh, in your overall health. Becoming the supple leopard. Um, that's a Kelly Dr. Kelly Starrett um, wrote a book. So for those of you that are into fitness, um, that's a good book to follow to read. Um, and I don't know, man. Just uh, keep on keep on uh, engaging <laughs> in voluntary interactions. I, I don't really got anything else for you tonight, Jason. Yep. All right. On that note. Uh, again, thank you for being on. Keep hanging out after we get off the live here, and then, uh, yeah, because my kings are about to win, or my my kings, my warriors are about to win. Oh, oh. I might, I might oh, have to end that one. Oh, is it game six? Yeah, yeah it's game six. Yeah. They're uh, they're up right now. Durant, I, is Durant playing? Oh, he tore his Achilles. They had he went. He had surgery. Oh, so. See, I, I I've been worried.